Very good. Well, I stand, friends, before you today absolutely in awe of our God and what he has done and especially what he has created. Over the last two weeks, I have seen things with my own eyes that I have only seen in pictures and videos, and the pictures and videos don't do it justice. As you know, Ron and I made a trip out west, the destinations being Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Parks. I've heard about these places since my childhood. I've always wanted to go out there, so this was a bucket list trip for me and for us. And I must tell you, it was pretty much a perfect trip. So thank you. I know you were praying for us as we were traveling. And thank you for praying for Rhonda's sister, Diane. And I'd like you to see who you were praying for. This is Rhonda's sister, Diane, about four hours after getting a new kidney. God is good. And he has, he has blessed that entire circumstance in many, many ways. The first thing out of the doctor's mouth to the family was, she got a real good kidney. <laughs> so that's, that's good news. That's what we've been praying about. Just to bring you up to date, um, Rhonda has spent the last several days with her other sister in Spirit Lake, Iowa, her sister Gloria. Gloria is 87 and moves very slow. <laughs> and that's okay, but Rhonda's working on patience. and <laughs> It's all right. I shouldn't even mention that. Uh, Diane continues to do well. Monday or Tuesday, Rhonda will go to be with Diane for several days during her recovery. So continue to pray, and then she will fly back uh, at this point on commercial flight the following weekend. All right. I guess this sermon could also be titled, What Scott Learned on Vacation. As we began to see all these breathtaking sights, God began to work in my mind and my heart. He began to instill in me some new principles. He began to confirm some things that I had been thinking. He began to clear up in my mind some of the things that had not been resolved. Some of those things are personal and reflective, but some of them I feel I need to share with you because they impact what we have been talking about, especially how we think. How we think. And our concepts of God and man and man's relationship with his creator. I must tell you, that the sights and experiences of Grand Teton and Yellowstone are impossible to describe without being there and being immersed in the beauty. From spectacular vistas of mountains and forests and waterfalls and the cl crystal clear waters of the lakes and streams, the beauty that can be observed there is seemingly endless. One of the comments that my buddy made was that around every corner is a new thing of beauty, a new brush stroke from the master painter. 
Billy Graham is quoted as saying this, Look up on a starry night, and you will see the majesty and power of an infinite creator. I'm overwhelmed. Billy Graham said this, I'm overwhelmed by what astronomers and other scientists have discovered about space during my lifetime. Countless galaxies, incredible distances, phenomena that we can barely understand. Yet nothing is as profound as the first words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The writers of Scripture understood and wrote about the great creative power of God. In multiple passages, the power of the creator of the universe is proclaimed, especially in the Psalms. David and other psalmists utilize the visions of God's creativity to express his greatness. If we just take one of those expressive psalms, we see so much dramatic truth about our powerful creative God. Psalm 65 is an illustrated text about God's handiwork. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5 of Psalm 65. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and the farthest seas. The phrase here, you answer us, intrigued me when I read it. You answer us. You answer us indicates that a question has been asked. Question has been asked. So I thought, what are the questions that man has? I think man has always wondered about origins. We've questioned where we've come from. We've been intrigued about stories from the past about history. This verse says, listen, that God answers with awesome and righteous deeds. And then the psalmist writes about those awesome deeds, the deeds of the creative God. This verse teaches that the awesome creative power of God is spread throughout the earth and that it brings hope. I love that. The awesome creative power of God is spread throughout the earth, and because we can see his awesome and creative power throughout the earth, it gives us hope. Gives us hope. I like that we have an awesome and powerful God. I like that we can see his awesome power in creation. When we see the awesome power of God, it should make us hopeful. It should make us secure. It should make us solidly anchored in his strong and loving arms. God answers our questions about him. Listen, God answers our questions about him by allowing us to see his awesome and creative power. Are you with me this morning? Verse 6. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas 
the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nation. Friends, the creative power of God raised up the mountains. I got a look at some this past week. Absolutely stunning. And, and, and in God's creative mind, there is such a variety of beauty. I remember growing up in the Appalachian Mountains, Pennsylvania. Gentle, rolling, heavily forested ridges. What a contrast to what I saw last week, the Grand Tetons or the Rocky Mountains. I want to tell you about this picture for just a moment. This is Jenny Lake. It sits in front of the Grand Teton mountain range. You can see the lake, see the mountains in the background. Ron and I rode a boat across that lake to the base of the mountain with our friends. At the base of the Grand Tetons, you hike up to a waterfall. And if you're, um, if you're more ambitious than that, you can hike on to a beautiful vista point and back into a canyon. Ron and I weren't that ambitious. <laughs> Our friends were, however. So Ron and I came back down the mountain, we got back on the boat, and we came back across the lake, and we found this little secluded personal beach where we stretched out our chairs and had lunch and read and just sat there and relaxed. That, my friends, is vacation. <laughs> this was kind of our personal area for about three hours while our friends hiked in the canyon up between the two mountains there. Friends, God's creative power is amazing. It's just amazing. And I think for us to be able to experience those things is amazing. What a, what a contrast between that first picture of the Appalachians where I grew up and this, amen? Most of us have been to the ocean. And we're enamored by the beaches where we build sandcastles and play in the waves. And yet standing on the shore of the ocean the expanse of God's creative power is visible to us. Verse 8. The whole earth, say whole earth. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy goes on to say you care for the land and water you enrich it abundantly it says the streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain for so you have ordained it as we watch the weather impact our world I am reminded that God's creation is not static it is not an unchanging world it is in constant motion. That movement, that constant change that we see. I'd like you to think about the fact that God initiated creative motion that he continues to this day. 
dramatic illustration of this came to us when exploring Yellowstone. How many of you have been to Yellowstone? Just a couple of you. Many of you have heard that Yellowstone sits on top of a massive volcano. That didn't really scare us. When our time comes, our time comes. <laughs> the things that you are able to see on the surface in Yellowstone include geysers, the most famous one being Old Faithful. It's the middle picture there, and it's not blowing up at that moment. It waned a few more minutes. You see hot springs, and you see steam vents, and you see mud pots boiling up from below the earth. The appearance of these features is different than anything you can see anywhere else in the country. Yellowstone in that area is constantly in motion. It is constantly changing. God, listen, God initiated that motion. The creative order of God is on display. Creative order. Those are words that have been in the front of my thinking throughout this entire experience. Creative order. I want you to tuck that thought in the back of your mind for these few remaining minutes. <laughs> that verse that we just read says, As morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of praise. Friends, each day in the rising and in the setting of the sun, we are reminded, reminded, of the greatness and the faithfulness of our God every day. And praise should rise up in us. When you see that beautiful sunrise, praise should rise up in you. When the evening fades and that sun sets to the west, praise should rise up in you. Praise is our acknowledgement of the greatness of God. What he has done. And how he has blessed and been faithful. And friends, he is unchanging. And if you want to see that, look at the sunrise. And then that later that day, look at the sunset. And you see God's perfect and complete and unchanging faithfulness. Verse 11, you crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. We witnessed flocks and hills and grasslands. The constant cycle of life and growth is illustrated here by the cattle, or in this case, elk or bison or deer, which we saw. Bisons are big creatures. <laughs> big creatures. God put 
the creative order of life in place, and it remains to this day. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the elk and the deer and the bisons and the one grizzly bear that we saw too. An amazing piece of information that I learned in Yellowstone is about the most common evergreen tree in that area. It is called the lodgepole pine. The lodgepole pine tree is a conifer and it takes up, makes up about 80% of Yellowstone's tree coverage. One adaptation of the lodgepole pine has for reproduction are its serotonious seeds. Serotonious, I probably am not counting it, uh, uh, pronouncing it correctly. Serotonious seeds describes a seed or a cone that relies on environmental factors to open. For the lodgepole pine to reproduce, its environmental factor is fire. The serotonious cones are sealed tight with resin and wax and will only open at a temperature of around 60 degrees Celsius. That's fire temperature. That means a lot of waning. The adaptation benefits the tree population due to the long period of time of waning that the cones endure many years sometimes. When a forest fire arrives and opens the cones, years and years worth of seeds are released and new growth flourishes in the carbon-rich soil of the post-forest fire ground. The lodgepole pine is replaced after a forest fire by its own seed cones that have been dropped for years only to open and become active in the heat of a fire. This is all by accident, by the way. Do you see the hand of God in the lodgepole pine? I sure did. God put in place so that, that that tree that he created, when a fire would come through and it would, it would, it would destroy everything around it, <laughs> and when man look, would look at it and say, oh, this is horrible, this is just bad, we're destroying the earth, a man would, man would look at it and say, forest fires, and God goes, I'm going to sprinkle some seeds and I'm going to replace them all. Our God is awesome. He's indescribable. I'm not even going to go there, but I think you could make a reference that, that life comes from the heat of fire. And I won't go there. I could preach another half hour there. Somebody say God's creative order. God's creative order. He put it in motion, and it is still very much active today, still changing, still growing, still reproducing.
God's creative order. It's not just sitting there. It's active. And then, friends, I couldn't help but to stop and look at and watch and hear the people around us who were looking at the same thing I was looking at. What are their questions? What understanding do they have about God's creative order? Many, sadly, do not attribute any of this beauty, this creation, to the Creator. They walk on the scenic paths. They drive the, the roads through this paradise and they give no thought. They give no credit. They give no praise to the Creator God. They have been taught that this all is just a coincidence. It's a big bang. It's a massive cosmic accident of things that just happen to turn out just right so that our earth and life could exist. Listen to this verse from the writing of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I thought about that verse as I watched people wander around the hot springs of Yellowstone seeing the earth bubble up right before them. I thought of that verse as I watched people hike the canyons and, and see the beautiful waterfalls. I thought of that verse as I watched people observe bison and elk and grizzly bears. I thought of that verse. It's all right in front of us, friends. How can you not consider a creator when you observe this world in the creative order, say creative order. creative order. One more thought here. Psalm 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God also made us. I think we taught that in Bible school yesterday. God also made us. His children, his people. Other verses express that he knows us from every hair on our head. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are his. We are his. Max Lucado writes, you weren't an accident. You weren't mass-produced. You aren't an assembly line product. You were deliberately planned, specifically gifted, and lovingly positioned on earth by the master craftsman. Can I say that again? You were deliberately planned, 
You are specifically gifted. And you are lovingly positioned on the earth by the master craftsman. A part of the creative order that God has put in place is that he sent his son to be a cure for our self-human-centered lives. He set that in order as a plan of redemption that continues today as people come to his son Jesus for forgiveness and for hope and for salvation. The creative order of God continues in his son Jesus as he continues to seek and to redeem and to save and to heal. God's creative power continues through his son Jesus to this day. I believe that. We are living in a culture. We are living in a society that teaches that there is no God. And that certainly there is no order that he has created. And that man can control all of the things around us and destroy them and save them. I'm going to say a thing or two here that might be a little controversial with no apology. I have witnessed firsthand some dramatic pictures of God's creative power and of God's creative order. Who does man think he is that he believes that he can destroy what God has ordained? I said, who does man think he is that he believes he can destroy what God has put in motion? I do not believe that man has or ever will have the power to destroy what God has put in motion. Do I believe we are called to be stewards of the beauty that God has put into motion? Sure I do. But friends, let's put our hope in the God of creation. Let's put our trust in He who flung the stars into space and created each of us with his loving hand. Remember I said early in this passage, our, our ability to see the great creative power of God throughout our, our world gives us hope. That's where I choose to place my hope, friend. In the God who created and then put into order the things that we are able to see and experience and observe today. I was driving to VBS yesterday, and a thunderstorm was chasing me from Oxford across Route 129. God is great, and he's powerful, and his, creative, his created order still is operating in our world. Terry, you got soaked bringing the kiddos in off the street yesterday as they arrived. God's creative order is still alive, pouring rain from the skies. How do we react? How do we live based on God's creative order? The order that he has ordained and put in place. Therefore, say therefore. Therefore, therefore, how do we live? I think we live lives 
of acknowledgement and praise to our Creator God. That is the starting point, friends. We live a life that acknowledges our Creator, that praises Him, that worships Him, that gives thanks to Him. By His creative order, He has blessed you. We read about the, the grain of the field and the, and, the, and the water that poured down the mountain. We, we, we read about the, the cattle of the, of the fields. Y'all, if you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry. I am in awe. And, I, and, I, and it's like it wants to burst out of me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Of the incredible, unbelievable, creative power of God. And then when I think, he put in place his very own son, Jesus, and put in place that creative order that Jesus would be able to save. That he would die according to God's creative order. That he would rise again according to the power and the creative order of his Father, of his heavenly Father. And that by that dying and rising again that we might have life a part of the creative order that our heavenly father has put into place how then shall we live we live lives of praise and of acknowledgement to God I think we live lives of love I think we live lives that love all of those folks that I was talking about that are without excuse. We live lives of love. The life of the person that is without excuse, that does not acknowledge God, needs our love. Agape love. Unconditional love. Love that acknowledges the Heavenly Father. It's the only guys, it's the only chance they got. Because they've looked at his creation and they've said, there is no God. The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They need our love. I saw people of all sizes and shapes and colors wandering Yellowstone. They need our love. I heard people say all kinds of things when wandering Yellowstone. The most common one being, ooh, ah, ee. There were probably 500 of us standing around watching, waiting for Old Faithful to pop. <laughs> we walked through the visitor center at Old Faithful. We parked in the parking lot. We walked through the visitor center in the front side, out the other side, and there's Old Faithful. And there's a whole couple hundred people in a semicircle, lined up, looking at looking at a little steam popping out of the ground, waiting for Old Faithful. You know what Old Faithful did? Old Faithful was faithful. And about eight minutes after we popped through, Old Faithful erupted, and it did its Old Faithful thing. And I thought about our faithful God. It 
was a semicircle of folks there that had faith in Old Faithful. They were standing there taking some of their time having faith that water was going to fly up in the air and steam. And Old Faithful was faithful. But I'm here to tell you that Old Faithful is faithful because the faithful God has put creative order in place. Listen, Old Faithful, the water and steam of Old Faithful comes up through a hole about this big around in the, uh, below the surface of the earth. And it builds up pressure under there over about 45 minutes to an hour of time. And when it gets to that point, it bursts it up through that little tiny hole in the rocks. That's all by accident, friend. Come on. Somebody say without excuse. Those 500 people that saw the faithfulness of old faithful should have seen the faithfulness of God. We need to love them back to him. The fool has said in their heart, there is no God. This was not what I was going to preach this morning. I was going to begin a new series, which I will begin next week. But I must tell you, after witnessing what we witnessed, I just had to share this stuff with you. I want you to think, when you see something beautiful, or maybe something not so beautiful in your eyes, about God's creative order. Would you say it with me? God's creative order. I want to finish this sermon by reading another beautiful psalm that talks about God's creative order. Psalm 104. I think Mike was pulling it up there. Thank you, Mike. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He sets the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines, flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle, and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered. The cedars of Lebanon and the lodgepoles of Yellowstone that he planted. 
where the birds make their nests, the stork has its home, and the junipers, the high mountains, belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyricks. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey, and they seek their food from God. The sun rises, and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. When people go out for their work until their labor until evening, how many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, both living, large, and small. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art, how great thou art. Father, you are awesome and great, and we as your children acknowledge your creative order, and we praise you for it. We worship you for who you are in the name of your Son, Jesus, who you sent to be our Savior. Amen.